Welcome to the Corn Revolution Podcast. Today, I'm going to see why Pioneer is the only company that could pull off the Corn Revolution. Hey, I'm your host, Matt Breckwald, and you're listening to Episode 13 of the Corn Revolution Podcast. My guest today is Matt Smalley, North America Corn Breeding Group Team Lead. We'll be getting a big picture look at the Corn Revolution and learn why it could only come from Pioneer. I'm going to hear about all the pieces that Pioneer has that make it possible, from the science to the tech to Pioneer's local expertise in the field. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. I'm I'm really excited to speak with you and really looking forward to learning even more about Pioneer and the Corn Revolution. I wonder if we might start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do here, what your title is, and, and, and things like that. Sure. I'm Matt Smalley. I lead the North America Corn Breeding Group for Pioneer, uh, and I've been with the company for 16 years. All right. So what does that mean to lead the North America Breeding Group? That means I have a team of, of corn breeders all across the U.S. and Canada, all working to create the best products they can for our customers. Okay. Now, how did you come to be employed with Pioneer? Well, I grew up on a farm in northeast Iowa, and from there I got degrees in agronomy and plant breeding and really wanted to serve farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from a family of farmers, um, you know, I really felt that that call to serve farmers. And so um, after I finished my degree in plant breeding, I was a corn breeder for Pioneer for nine years in Indiana. And then I moved to Minnesota to lead a regional uh, corn breeding group for Pioneer. And then I've had my current role here in Johnston for the last five years. Okay. And what kind of farming did you do when, when you were at home? Our family farm was made up of corn, soy, alfalfa, beef cattle, hogs, and chickens. So a fairly diversified family farm. Okay. Well, so in your day-to-day role now with Pioneer, what does that look like? So you, you come into work and, and how do things start off and what are you, what are you doing throughout the day? I usually begin my day by thinking about uh, what we're trying to accomplish, and that is we're trying to develop the highest yielding, most consistent products for our customers. And so, you know, when I think about what that means, we have to we have to continue to innovate. We have to continue to think about new ideas. We have to think about new disciplines that we can bring in to plant breeding to to improve what we do. Okay, so. The, the teams that you're overseeing, and, and did I get that right, United States and Canada? That's correct. Okay. So are these, are these folks out in the field? Are they working hand-in-hand hand with farmers, with agronomists? What are they doing? They, they work closely with our uh, agronomists and our, our sales force, our, our pioneer reps, and then at sometimes customers as well to, uh, to understand the needs in the market and then bring those needs into their breeding programs to create the best products they can for the customers. Okay. So when it, when it comes to understanding the needs of the market, how is that information being obtained? How are you identifying those needs? The Pioneer Rep has a, you know, has a good relationship with their customers, and, and we rely on the, the customers and the reps to, to bring that information back to us. We have uh, meetings where we engage locally with uh, the the sales teams to understand what the what they need in terms of products, and then we incorporate that into our breeding programs. 
So with all that coming in, with all that information from from different farmers, from different sales reps, uh, agronomists in the field, how do you how do you determine which is information that needs to be acted on now, and and which is information that'll have to be acted on later? I guess, for lack of a better term, agriculture is a is a long is a long game. I mean, any farmer has maybe 35, 40 seasons of, of that they have in their career, in their farming career. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to keep the long view also. And so we use the, the pioneer long look as we, as we strive to develop the best products for our customers. And so we, we try not to get, um, we try to listen to the needs of the day and incorporate that in to the long view where we know that yield uh, agronomics and stable performance are are going to always be key, no matter what just happened in the previous growing season. Got it. Okay. So, how does this compare back to when you were on your family farm and you were involved in farming uh, to what we're able to do today and and be responsive to farmers? Farming's changed a lot over that time period in terms of the the uh, farming practices, precision agriculture, that whole. That whole revolution has changed. Additionally, you know the farmer, the the hybrids that uh, we that farmers grow today are much more uh, stable and consistent across different weather patterns. If you look at the performance in 1988's drought on farmers' fields with industry genetics, and then you look at the performance in 2012 in that drought with with uh, Pioneer genetics, there's a big step forward in terms of stability that's taken place due in part to f- improve farming practices and also in part to improve genetics. Okay. So what are the biggest pain points that you're hearing about when you when you do get feedback from the, the people that you're supervising? What's coming back out of the, the fields throughout Canada and the United States? Ag economy is tough. There's no denying that. And that puts, you know, even more emphasis on our role in developing genetics for, for our customers because we know that uh, margins are thin and profitability is is a very important consideration. So we're trying to make sure that we have diverse genetics that can help customers, farmers manage risk, uh, consistently, consistent and stable genetics that they can count on. So let me ask you this. When, when farmers are facing price pressures like they have been recently, and, and of course, input costs are, are stable or maybe even possibly going up, uh, land values, they could be shrinking in areas, all these different factors that seem to be kind of stacked against farmers when, when we get into certain conditions, how can Pioneer help those people remain sustainable and, and maintain that, that farming lifestyle? First, it's important to understand that seed is not uh, just another commodity like like nitrogen or 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 some other fertilizer seed is is a value added um, piece of technology that contains innovation within it and so as as pioneer seed customers buy pioneer seed they're making uh, sort of an agreement with with pioneer to reinvest some of that money back into new innovation and so you know as as a son of a farmer and coming from a uh, family of farmers, I take that very seriously, and I think a lot of uh, people on my team do as well, that we have that responsibility to use the, those research dollars very wisely because it's an investment that our customers are making in us. Well, let's talk about that name Pioneer for a second. So what does that mean to you? 
Pioneer, uh, to me, means a few things. The, you know, the traditional definition is being first, and I think that's very, um, you know, very appropriate for Pioneer as a seed company, being the first company to really, uh, to really drive hybrid seed, hybrid corn. It also means to me, uh, growing up, uh, you know, in northeast Iowa, really seeing uh, the majority market share coming from Pioneer back in the in the in the 70s and 80s and uh being really uh, aware that that's the premium brand and so uh in my role today I want to make sure that's well recognized all across North America that Pioneer is the premium brand in terms of uh performance stability consistency do you think there was a point where Pioneer was losing its status as the premium brand I think other competitors um, came into the space and, and uh, um, got more organized in the space. I think at that same time, Pioneer had uh, maybe become a bit complacent, um, and I think that's, that's over with. Now we're going forward with a highly competitive, highly uh, aggressive uh, mindset to our R&D. So is that the corn revolution? That's part of the corn revolution, a, a different mindset, a more aggressive mindset to be relentlessly focused on the customer. The other part of it is to really um, take technologies that have evolved quite a bit over the last few years, molecular markers, double haploids, the ability to, to measure uh, attributes in the field very precisely, and data analytics. Those are really the four things that, to me, have driven this uh, hybrid revolution to the point where we are today. All right. Now, when we say the corn revolution, are we talking about a marketing term? Or are we talking about something that's more genuine and is going to have a, a genuine impact on farmers? When I think of the hybrid revolution, I think back to the 10 plus years that my team has been working on these new technologies, developing them, evolving them, perfecting them, and creating products along the way. And so from my standpoint, we could see this moment coming for the last 10 or more years. We didn't know exactly when we'd arrive at this point, but now that we have arrived here and the, the fruits of this labor have come to the customer, it's time for us to talk about it. So that's interesting. So you could, you could see it coming. You didn't know when you were going to get there, but how, what was the, the sign or what was the indication that you have arrived that this is now the revolution? Well, I think the revolution becomes real for for those outside of research now that we've we have this these new sets of hybrids that are just outstanding in their performance in terms of yield and agronomics, and then add that in with uh, Chrome for corn rootworm technology. That really is going to unlock even more potential in these in these new hybrids. So, what's the most exciting part about this for you? I'm excited about how all these technologies, molecular markers, double haploids, precision phenotyping, data analytics, come in hand-in-hand hand with tried-and-true methods of plant breeding, including late-stage testing like impact testing. I'm excited how all those things kind of come together to create this full spectrum of, of product development, which results in some of the best products we've ever seen. And I'm really excited to deliver that innovation to our customers. Uh, well, tell me about the, the impact testing and, and what goes on in the second year, Matt. 
impact testing is a way that we uh, evaluate our late-stage hybrids um, in the in the couple years before they're available for for customers. And this system has really driven an unprecedented level of data quality, of decision-making ability across across multiple years and in thousands of environments to enable us to develop the highest yielding, most consistent products we've ever had. So one of the greatest challenges of, of agriculture and plant breeding is uh, developing products and choosing products that can be uh, consistent across years because you never know what weather you're going to get the next year. And so impact testing has allowed us to uh, evaluate multiple years and and really develop those products, choose those products that can deliver no matter what kind of weather the, the customer has. Similarly, our genetic prediction machine is based on multiple years and multiple environments of data, and so that multi-year data set really drives uh, a view of and a, and a prediction of product performance that's stable across years and environments. Okay. Now, you brought up Chrome. Why is that part of the revolution? Chrome is a new CRW technology. Um, it's really an optimized rootworm trait that, that allows us to have um, even higher yield performance than what the, what the industry has seen with, with legacy traits. And uh, so it really enables the, the genetics to show through in, their, in their, the way they were made to show through. It really enables... Um, us to unlock the potential of the genetics. So what does that mean, the most optimized trait? The most optimized trait means that we have the, we've struck the right balance of insect efficacy or insect control and yield potential. All right. Now I've had, as we've been doing these interviews and I've been learning more and more, I've been hearing double haploids a lot and I've been asking everybody, what is it and why does it matter? So what is it and why does it matter to you? A double haploid is a way to create an inbred, um, I, I say instantly, but it really takes two steps instead of seven or eight or nine steps. And so the previous way of creating inbreds was to self-pollinate them uh, generation after generation until they were mostly inbred. With double haploids, you can get there in two steps, a very efficient process. And it, it's very interesting when we started, when I started breeding with double haploids, it was uh, it was just a tremendous change because when you breed in the in the filial way or the conventional way, the ability to see true performance in the field is a little fuzzy. And so, when we got to the double haploid technology, it was like putting on a set of glasses and seeing things very clearly for the first time. And so that double haploid. Um, phenotype or the expression in the field is, or the attributes in the field are just so clear, it allows us to, to uh, better characterize our inbreds and hybrids. Additionally, it, double haploids lend themselves very well to molecular markers, and so putting molecular marker fingerprints on double haploids and evaluating them very precisely in the field allows us to create uh, genetic predictions for those double haploids, which can predict future performance even better than field testing can. Now, what makes Pioneer stand out when it comes to using this technology? We've assembled all, all the pieces together in a, in a very efficient system. 
molecular markers, double haploids, precision phenotyping, and data analytics. I think other companies maybe can do one or two or of those uh, pieces, but uh, Pioneer is one of the few companies that can really put all those pieces together into a, into a very efficient system. So with the ability to put all those pieces together, then on, on, at the end user level, at the farmer level, how does that benefit them if they're using Pioneer Seed? We can drive our rate of genetic gain farther and faster than we could with, with old ways of, of developing inbreds and hybrids. So that means that as farmers uh, buy Pioneer Seed and invest in us as a company and invest in our research, we can drive that research engine farther and faster to enable better products to our customers. And do you, do you or your team, you ever receive any negative feedback that you have to address? Myself and my team really welcome the feedback from customers, whether it's positive or negative. Um, if we only receive positive um, feedback, then we would know that, that there's something wrong because every day in farming there's a new challenge, a new pest, a new disease, uh, a new weather situation, a new cropping system. So we want to have all the feedback, positive and negative, so that we can continue to improve. So in your position and in your team's position, what do you find to be the biggest challenges? The biggest challenges for for me and my team are to look out ahead and envision what agriculture will be 10, 20, 25 years from now, because as we develop products, we're developing not them not for today, but also for for out in the future. And so thinking about what our production practice is going to look like in the future, what's what pests are going to be important, um, uh, how how are farms changing over that period of time. So just a big challenge for us is anticipating what trends might be present that we should pay attention to. All right. Well, Matt, let's talk about all of the information and all the technology and everything that's involved really quick. So, I mean, you grew up farming, and uh, and you understand all the uh, the learning that goes on right there on the farm, and kind of the instincts and the gut feelings that the farmers have. Are are we going to be replacing that with technology, or how does this all mesh together? Growing up on a farm, it's uh, it, you do get a lot of learning, and I think uh, those instincts that are that are honed over time on a farm cannot be replaced by technology. What can happen, though, is um, Pioneer can assume some of the complexities of farming, try to integrate them into the bag of seed to, to make the farmer's lives a little easier and so that the farmer uh, can really focus on their operation uh, using intuition when needed um, and uh, relying on Pioneer to deliver the seed that's needed. And, and then how does that apply to the breeders? So are they still incorporating intuition? A breeder's intuition is is extremely important. Um, having a feel for the for the organism, having a a feel for the environment, and a feel for the customer's needs, is just as important as ha- having that scientific and expertise and know how. So, in such a data driven and scientific driven business, how does a breeder justify their intuition if they make a decision and intuition is factored in? I mean, it's hard to put that in a report or in a data stream. How do they justify that? We have, we have some of the best uh, plant breeders in the industry, and so 
I put a lot of trust in my team and I work hard to enable them to be successful. And uh, a plant breeder's intuition uh, shouldn't be ignored. Um, it should be something that, that should be used in alongside the data, the predictive analytics, and all the other tools that are, that are available. Yeah, so is there, as you're doing this and, and breeders are invested, they're emotionally invested in a variety that they're, they're recommending, if it gets canceled or if, if, if somebody at the, further down the funnel says, no, this is not going to work, is there any, ever any conflict there? What we do is extremely emotional because we're so connected to our purpose. And so I've had that situation happen to me where I have had a what I thought was a great product, but a flaw was uncovered that prevented it from being commercialized. I think that's happened to most of the individuals on my team. And it is very emotional at, in the moment, but we know in the end the right thing to do is to not deliver uh, – products with serious flaws to our customers. We want to deliver the best products we can to our customers. It's kind of like a system of checks and balances almost. Yeah, our, our, our precision phenotyping is really meant to put these hybrids through a gauntlet where they're subjected to every, every scenario we can imagine because we know that the weather and the farming or the, the environments are, are, very, uh, are very unpredictable. So we need to think about all the scenarios that could happen, subject our hybrids to that so that we can see if they have a failure mode, and if they do, we won't release them to our customers. Listening to your people, we get a clear idea of the importance of predictive analytics and how it saves money and gives you more of the ability to take it out into the field. You've also increased testing out in the field, so that's good. When you talk to farmers, do they understand the predictive analytics or are the mostly are they mostly interested in what it's like in the real world? Our customers are are they really want to see performance on their farm. That's that's what matters to them and that's that's very understandable. What we can provide is a prediction across years and environments that helps deliver that performance on the customer's farm. But it doesn't become real until it until it's experienced by the customer. Sure, but when you talk to farmers, what gets more traction? Is it the data that you talk about or the testing, digital or analog? Most farmers that I talk with uh, are more interested in the 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 empirical data, the hard data from traditional field testing. And that is an important component. And so we deliver that data in our impact through our impact trialing and through some of our product knowledge plots. Additionally, we know as scientists that those genetic predictions can uh, can unlock more uh, more understanding than what empirical data can. So, as a scientist, a pretty terrific one. I would think words like revolution just kind of smack of marketing to you and just kind of bug you, but how do you feel about it? I think revolution is a really, really appropriate word for what's going on with, with the technology that we're bringing to bear. Um, we've been working on, on putting all these technologies together into an efficient system for more than 10 years, and now we've finally reached that point where it's time to, it's time to talk about the hybrid revolution. It's time to talk about the products that we're bringing to our customers, to farmers. I feel very confident that what Pioneer is doing is, uh, cannot be matched by anyone in the industry. 
because we have that mix of science and te- technology and footprint, and we're we're also really focused on the local um, local adaptation of our hybrids. So I think others can can have one or the other component, but uh, Pioneer is the only Pioneer is the only company that can bring that level this level of science down to the local customer. That's interesting. You said the word local twice. Local adaptation and local. What's that mean? What I mean is that we can bring the uh, uh, we can understand our germplasm in local environments. We can uh, understand the needs of of customers because they vary across across the U.S. and Canada. And being present, interacting in that local environment helps us take those needs of the farmer and bring them into our breeding programs, incorporate them into our breeding programs, and deliver products ultimately that the farmer needs. And that's true of your competitors, right? We're all kind of aiming for the same thing? We may be aiming for the same thing, but uh, Pioneer is the only only plant breeding research company in North America that has uh, plant breeders distributed uh, into all the local areas of, of importance for agriculture. We have scientists, corn breeders distributed all across the U.S. and Canada, working with their local sales teams, interacting with farmers on a local level, understanding the germplasm in that local environment, understanding the needs of the customer at the local level. That's something that, that our competitors can't match. And so that gives, that gives Pioneer a unique advantage in terms of what? It allows us to better meet the needs of the customers. It allows us to understand better those needs and ultimately uh, deliver on those needs. It also, being part of the community um, for which our research stations are located, allows that sense of uh, connectiveness with the farmers because a lot of the a lot of our research stations are located in in farming communities across the U.S. and Canada. The plant breeder is able to interact with the customer. It, uh, the plant breeder is able to um, be on the farm with the customer and and really feel and understand the environment and the needs. And that's especially important as needs change over time. A new pest is. Uh, comes up, a new uh, disease comes up, a new farming practice is is implemented. Mm -hmm. It really allows us to stay in touch with the trends of of the farmer. And so if we did not have those people there uh, available and in that one-to-one communication with the farmer, then would it make it just a more arduous process to get them the result they're looking for? Or what would be the, what would be the, the negative there? The negative of, of not being connected with the, the customer is that you can become distant, you can become uh, uh, misaligned with, with their true needs. Um, looking at something from a, from a far distance can give you an inaccurate picture of what's actually going, mm-hmm. going on on a, on a farmer's farm. So local control versus centralized control. That's that's one way to say it. <laughs> okay. Now, when it comes to the varieties that are going to be coming out and hitting the market here in 2019, uh, is that exciting for you? Is there an emotional connection there? Do you want to see them succeed, or are you are you completely objective? I guess. I'm very proud of what uh, of the hybrids that we release. Um, it 
it demonstrates the the hard work that my team has done. I'm very proud of my team for for that work, and so it, it, I do have an emotional connection to the hybrids. I love seeing them on farmers' fields, and to me, it signifies how we're bringing uh, our innovation to the farmer. So, Matt, what about 2019? Is this one, I guess, more special than normal? This one is more special than normal because we've seen this hybrid revolution coming in research. Now it's here. The the hybrids will speak for themselves. Additionally, we have uh, Chrome technology being launched, which will give an even an even better chance for farmers to experience the full innovation that Pioneer's bringing forward. So it's it's been a transformation, and that transformation is kind of complete now in 2019. Yes, we're finally to the point where the hybrid revolution is here. We've moved from you know less than 5% double haploid content in our commercial products in 2012 to almost 100% in 2019. And so the fruit of, of all this work has finally come to this point now where we can declare a hybrid revolution. So now that you're almost at 100%, Everything has gone through the double haploid process. So how does that how does that enhance the product line, if you will? What is the benefit to all that? This means that the the products derived from double haploids have had the benefit of predictive analytics and uh, performance prediction applied to them, so that we're even more confident in their performance as we as we release them uh, for commercial plantings for our farmers. We can evaluate more inbreds. And do and evaluate them in silico or uh, using our our uh, predictive analytics, which allows us to not only evaluate more individuals and widen the funnel. It also allows us to to uh, shorten our product development cycle, and so we can deliver more genetic gain faster to our farmers. It just sounds to me like uh, I guess Pioneer is more agile. They're quicker, maybe more responsive. Absolutely, I think more more driven, more aggressive, more modern, and, uh, and able to react to changing market conditions much more quickly. Well, Matt, thank you very much for your time, and thanks for sharing all this with us today. It's a, it's a fascinating process. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Well, that's the end of Episode 13, which marks the end of my interviews with Pioneer Scientists. But the Corn Revolution podcast is not over yet. There will be a special Episode 14 coming out next week, a season-ending look at the corn revolution. You'll hear more then. Be sure to tune in. To subscribe to the Corn Revolution podcast, just go to cornrevolution.com and choose your preferred podcast service. See you next time. Pioneer brand Chrome products is discussed in this episode. Registrations, trademarks, and service marks are trademarks and service marks of DuPont, Dow AgriSciences, or Pioneer, and their affiliated companies or their respective owners. Pioneer brand products are provided subject to the terms and conditions of purchase, which are part of the labeling and purchase documents. Chrome products are approved for cultivation in the U.S. and Canada. They have also received approval in a number of importing countries, most recently China. For additional information about the status of regulatory authorizations, visit www.
biotradestatus.com. Roundup Ready technology and Herculex insect protection are also discussed in this episode. AgriSure is a registered trademark of and used under license from a Syngenta Group company. AgriSure Technology Incorporated into these seeds is commercialized under a license from Syngenta Crop Protection Ag. Herculex Extra Insect Protection Technology by Dow AgriSciences and Pioneer Hybrid. Herculex and the HX logo are registered trademarks of Dow AgriSciences LLC. YieldGuard, the YieldGuard Corn Borer Design and Roundup Ready are registered trademarks used under license from Monsanto Company. Liberty Link and the Water Droplet Design are trademarks of Bayer. <laughs>